History is a story of real people, people just like us. And we have to know where we came from in order to understand where we are and where we want to go. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name is Rick. I am your host. This is the My Future Business Show, the show that gets you in front of your best audience and keeps you there. Now, thank you for all of your support. And if you're new to the show, welcome. You are in for a treat, just like today, because we're on the on the line with the wonderful Barbara Ann Mahika. Welcome to the show, Barbara. Thank you so much for having me. It's absolutely my pleasure to have you here now, given that we've uh, now overcome our technical challenges that sometimes confront uh, podcasters. Uh, we're going to be talking about your Little Miss History book series, and we're going to be also talking about the importance of understanding history and how you are sharing history lessons through your magical character, Little Miss History. But before we do any of that, Barbara, it's customary for us to spend some time to learn about our guests. So I'm wondering if I can learn uh, a little bit about you. Where's your, where are you located? I am located in upstate New York. Has that been home forever or? No, um, I was born in Brooklyn, uh, in the city, right on the border between Brooklyn and Queens. I grew up there in Ridgewood and I lived there for most of my life uh, until I retired. Uh, I had always enjoyed coming upstate, mm -hmm. and I loved hiking. I I loved the mountains. I loved uh, the the change of seasons up here. So I always loved it, and I started coming up as soon as I was uh, able to. So in my early 20s, I started coming up here very often. And then uh, eventually bought a little summer place and loved it, loved <laughs> you to come up. And uh, when I retired from uh, my formal career in education, I moved up here full time. Fantastic. And I'm loving it. Yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, local landmarks. Um, what do you love the most about there. Well, I live in the historic Hudson Valley, so I can literally walk out my door and touch it. Uh, the town I live in uh, was founded in 1660. <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, I, it's, it's an old mill town, and the, the water still there. You can, you can look and you can imagine the cotton mills. Uh, it the the they put signs on uh, the buildings to let you know what was there in the late 17 and 1800s. So you can walk by the bakery and then you can see a sign that it used to be a grocery store, and you can walk by another shop and you can see that it used to be the local pharmacy. Um, I'm very close to Martin Van Buren's home. Uh, I'm near. Claremont, uh, the Livingston House, uh, Olana, where the Frederick Church School of Painting uh, took place. I mean, just 
Oh, it, it just surrounds me. An abundance of history. And this is quite relevant given our, our uh, conversation today. Now, Barbara, um, you mentioned you touched on at least um, growing up. I was wondering if you can tell us a little bit about your childhood. Well, I grew up in um, a, a lower class family. Uh, my parents both worked very hard. And unfortunately, they came of age during the Depression. So neither of them had much formal education. But that didn't uh, discourage me. <laughs> I, I always had a drive. I loved going to school. I loved to read. I, I, I loved to find out about new people and new places and new things. So uh, I always had that kind of determination. Uh, so when I uh, went to school, I fell in love with history again because it was about new people, new places, all kinds of uh, events that I could only imagine. And um, I was encouraged to continue in that because I had a couple of really great teachers who were role models and inspirations. But my parents really couldn't afford uh, to send me to college, so I had to work uh, hard on that. Luckily, uh, during the time uh, when I became eligible for college in, in New York City, they still had a merit system and uh, they had a whole city university system that was based on um, working hard to get in. So I was able to get in because I studied hard and I had uh, good grades and <laughs> I, I, I wound up achieving my dream and, and I... You've done exceptionally, yeah. You've done exceptionally well for yourself, and we're going to talk about all of your uh, uh, acknowledgements and awards, which you have a lot of them. It's really quite a fantastic list. There, you touched on role models, Barbara. I'm wondering if we can go back a bit and talk about mentors and role models and how important they've been in your formative years. Well, they were very important. Uh, as I said, my parents encouraged me. Uh, my I who was also my godfather and he helped actually pay for my high school educations and uh, and uh, I, I went to a private school and the plan was for me to um, have a skill that that I could use to get a good job when I graduated and I went to a school that uh, taught uh, business skills and and I learned all kinds of secretarial skills but one of my teachers uh, said you know uh, Barbara you really ought to think about going to college and that was the first time it had you know really entered my mind uh, and she put the bug in my head <laughs> and uh, I switched to take enough academic courses that would qualify me for college and uh, off I went. Uh, you know, I, I was able to gain entrance uh, into my top choice college, and uh, I got in, and I I just kept going. working, working, and I, I went to summer school. I took all kinds of courses in my interest, and I wound up graduating in three years. And then another mentor, uh, one of the teachers that uh, I met while taking summer courses in history, uh, unbeknownst to me, put my name in for a scholarship for graduate school. Wow. And um, I, I got that, and um, that <laughs> enabled me to 
go full time to graduate school and I was a graduate assistant so I had a small uh, pittance to uh, keep tied me over to buy my books and so on and uh, I finished graduate school so you then, know what you, I... you epitomize the the you know the early um, adoption of the challenge and the dream and just that I guess that stick with itness, if you like, just to see it through. How important do you think that is for people who don't, who are somewhat disadvantaged at the start right now? What would you tell them? Well, I think if you have a dream, you can pursue it, no matter how unapproachable or how far in the distance that might seem. If you take it step by step. Uh, and you put your nose to the ground, you you can do it. You can you achieve can almost anything. You know, Barbara, life is not a dress rehearsal. I'm wondering at the end of days for you, what do you think your legacy is going to be? Well, I hope that I'll be remembered as someone who always wanted to learn, who never stopped being curious, and who took from others best of what they could offer and and tried then to take it in turn and then pay it back pay it forward yeah. uh, share it with others That's so wonderful. I I think you, you just have to keep every day is a new day it's a new experience and I whether you're six or you're 86 <laughs> uh, you you can always find another opportunity to learn and another opportunity to help somebody else absolutely absolutely you talked about your love of reading from an early age now i always think about you know uh, other types of hobbies did you ever have any other types of hobbies do you like getting out in nature what's your thing what do you like to do i love getting out um i love traveling uh, that was another dream of mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, uh, you know, my family didn't have a car. We didn't really get to travel a lot. Uh, and I always dreamed of getting out there and seeing some of these places that <laughs> yeah. I studied about and, and you know, it, visiting the homes of these people, seeing where they worked, seeing the achievements that they were able to put forth in their own lives so i i did that i as soon as i got a job i started to travel beautiful uh, and and i've been to um, lots of places more than <laughs> more than 25 countries oh, wow. and uh and more than half the states i i even managed to uh, visit uh, soviet Russia and and the and behind the Iron Curtain oh, when they first opened travel to the West and that was quite an experience, <laughs> quite an eye opener. And uh, I've been to China and mm -hmm. I, uh, that was another experience. quite quite another experience. <laughs> but I've you know I I've never ever would have dreamt of doing that as a child. But as again as I said. If, if you are determined enough, you can do it. You know what? I think given the nature of your background and your authorship and the books you actually write on history, um, how important was it retrospectively for you to have travelled personally to these places? And how has it contributed to, to your work? 
Well, it's contributed to my love of uh, sharing these places because I think that community is so important and all of our memories are wrapped up not only in ourselves and our families, but what is community, but it's the people who make up the community and it's all of their memories. And I see history uh, as not a collection of dates and events, which is what a lot of people think of when they hear the word history. Oh, it's just a bunch of dates and events and timelines and Mm -hmm. data, but it isn't. uh, History is a story of uh, real people and uh, people just like us who got up in the morning and ate and went out and achieved some kind of, of, of success and or maybe they didn't have success and they they had to work hard farming the land all day or making shoes for horses or what what whatever their their skill happened to be but they're people just like us and we have to know where we came from in order to understand where we are and where we want to go mm-hmm. So I see history as uh, an evolution. And uh, if, if you think of memory, uh, take an example of, of somebody who has amnesia. If you woke up one day and you had no memory of who you were, think of how disorienting that would be. You, oh, have, yeah. you don't know what happened the day before. You don't know where you are today, and you don't know where you're going to be in the future. And uh, that's how I see history and, and why I feel it's so important, because when, when you're born, you become, in effect, a character in history. And you're, you're born right in the middle of something. Mm-hmm. You know that there have been people before you, and you know that there will be people after you and and children are curious about you know who am i how do i fit in and families uh i think have an obligation to teach that to their children and you know i i've written a few articles about how parents can do that um you know, they should encourage memory in their children. They should encourage children to ask, even though children ask a lot of questions. Okay, sometimes we as parents <laughs> get annoyed that they ask too many questions. Oh, yeah. You know, why? Who? Why? <laughs> Daddy, but but Daddy. these are the questions. <laughs> these are the questions that history answers. Oh, yes. And if you want to understand history, you have to teach children about their own memories of that starts in the home at you know encourage them to ask well how did my grandparents live what kind of house did they live in what did they do what uh what was it like 20 years ago what was it like 100 years ago let them walk around the community show them places in the community oh and i think two magic words that you can teach children are uh, i wonder I wonder, you Daddy, know, I'm curious. I wonder, uh, you know, I wonder who lived here. I wonder what they did. I what did wonder, this used to be? 
exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder, I, I had a question come up for you, if you don't mind. Um, I, I, I seem to think that, you know, documentaries, um, especially ones that are well made, like uh, TV documentaries by, say, the likes of Sir uh, Richard Attenborough, have some great deal of value. Do you, do you find that there's some value in documentaries on history and environment? Oh, oh yes, definitely. Uh, I think children, especially today, children are so used to having video and, you know, wanting to, to see events in action rather mm -hmm. than just reading about them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I find that very effective. And of course, when you teach history, there, you have to go back to the original sources and showing that is just as important as, as the the actual the process so, so it's if the you, outcome yeah if children need to know what first of all they need to have to learn how to focus and and today it's very difficult for children to focus because they have so many distractions that we didn't have growing up. Mm. You know, they have the social media and they, they have a lot of difficulty distinguishing between what is actual fact and what is opinion and, and how can we learn what is true and not true because there's so much pressure to fit in uh, there's so much pressure to go along with the popular opinion and mm. critical critical thinking skills are so important to succeed in any 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 endeavor in life i mean Absolutely. when you have to focus on a problem you have to be able to analyze what is going on you have to be able to infer and see that there are many interpretations of what goes on mm -hmm. you have to see how it is connected to other events that are going on and how they are influenced by other people while the event is and how it's communicated because the way we communicate today, of course, is very different from the way we communicated a hundred years Absolutely. ago. Yeah. So today we have instant communication. We have access to thousands of sources. Okay. Back 50 years ago, you had to go to the library and you had to take the books out and you had to physically go to each book and look at look at the documents, do the readings, and then you had to write down what you learned. And after that, you had to put your notes together. And then after that, you might have to type your notes Goodness me. To, to, <laughs> to make a paper. Oh, yeah. Now, all of that is done in one step. You go to the internet, you punch in the question. Or you, you can just can say it nowadays. Yeah, or say it. You can get all of the information at your fingertips but that's sometimes information overload because oh, yeah. again there's a lack of focus uh you children are overwhelmed with so much information and then sometimes they pick and choose they yeah. don't take the time to analyze and they don't take the time to see 
that there is more than one conclusion. Okay, they Absolutely. they just say, oh well, I found this information, and everybody seems to agree with me. So okay, this, We're gonna go this must be the answer. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just want to, for context, share with uh, people, uh, your, um, you've got more than two dozen awards. I'm going to run through the ones that I, I think stand out for me. The BRAG Medallions, International Book Excellence Awards, International Readers' Favourite Awards, Eric Hoffer Independence Author Network Awards, and so many more. We're going to really touch base on what that means and how they come about momentarily. But one of the things I really enjoy is a good book that tells me a great story. How important are stories in your um, book series? Very important. Uh, that's the way uh, children loved. Again, time immemorial, prehistory. How, how did our ancestors communicate and pass down knowledge to their children? They told them stories, even before we had written language. And actually, the word history comes from the Greek historia, which means to seek or to inquire, or to look into things. That's what they're doing. Because, you know, 21st century, we have the more woke interpretation hmm. um, is, uh, is supposed to be a story, history or now, some want to make it herstory, but it's not a matter of gender. No. Uh, it's, it's seeking knowledge and, yeah. and trying to find out the truth. So tell me a little bit about um, this amazing artwork. Um, we can see in your background um, the word history in, 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 you know, burnt orange or whatever type of orange that is. Who does uh -huh. this wonderful artwork for you? Well, the artwork is done by my illustrator, who is also my wonderful husband. Oh, beautiful. My, Congratulations. My well husband, done. <laughs> my husband has been drawing since the age of five, and he also loves storytelling. Very talented. He, he does uh, comics. He has done children's books. He write science fiction so uh, we we share we share a lot of mutual in interests he is a wonderful artist and uh, when i decided i wanted to combine my two passions of history and teaching when i re quote retired i never really wanted to retire no. so i wanted to continue working with children and i said well i think i'll write books for children and uh, he said well why don't you create a character to kind of narrate and tell the stories so that's what we did and he created this cartoon like character who is based on a lot of uh, me um, uh, little miss history and she wears kind of a camping outfit, so she's kind of, you know, reminiscent of my hiking days. Out and about. And uh, I used to wear pigtails like she does. She wear, has two pigtails, and she's kind of like a, a teenager figure. Mm -hmm. uh, she wears rose-colored glasses, and that's in memory <laughs> of... Uh, I used to have big sunglasses, and I... I try to look on the optimistic side of things, so the rose color. I Always understand. Yep. <laughs> at, at, at the optimistic viewpoint. And the hiking boots. Well, they're hiking boots, but they're also exaggerated. 
and they're uh, they're oversized and they're big and they're con they're in memory of my father's big feet. That's, oh, I, I don't really know how that got in there, but she's kind of a composite of uh, my life. So uh, that's Little Miss History, and she narrates the adventures. So she encourages her readers and her readers' families and teachers to go along the journey and to, uh, if possible, one day visit. And a lot of my fans are, are uh, families who actually read the books in preparation for going on a trip to one oh, wow. of these historical sites. So, when you talk uh, about historical sites, I think your first one was... Um, Little Miss History visits Grand Canyon. Is that correct? Uh, Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Okay. Tell us a little bit Mount about Rushmore. that first book. Well, the first book, uh, and again, Little Miss History has evolved a little bit since the first book. The first book, Mount Rushmore, uh, took a uh, an iconic site, and uh, it, it combines uh, history about four four different presidents and it also encompasses the outdoors uh, so um, we talk a little bit about that and then I always include in my books little known uh, facts and information so I talk about the secret room behind the heads at Mount Rushmore oh. uh, what is in that secret room and uh, I also um, talk about the uh, Crazy Horse Memorial because right next to Mount Rushmore you have the uh, memorial to the Lakota Sioux a tribal leader uh -huh. uh, Crazy Horse and the Native Americans are uh, building a monument to Crazy Horse and it's actually going to be much bigger than Mount Rushmore Oh really? Finished. That's yes, incredible. It will be. But they are doing it all with their own funds. They don't have any government funding. They do not take government funding. Mm -hmm. uh, and this, it's, it's a growing project that is still years in the making. But I asked the children, well, what do they think about this? Uh, talk about human rights and the United Nations. And, uh, you know, I, I bring in all kinds of... Uh, issues that they may not have thought about and I always ask them questions so I think do you think we should one monument two monuments maybe we should honor the monuments of and uh, when I do classroom visits I always bring along uh, discussion questions and activities for them to you know process yes this is fantastic oh, there, there is <laughs> just so much to learn obviously inside these wonderful books now how many are there in the series currently and are you working on something at the moment oh there are 14 uh, I have uh, books on you know it's Mount Rushmore the some monuments uh, the Statue of Liberty um, Ellis Island then I have some that uh, go into history because they they cover uh, naval history and military history the intrepid sea air and space museum which and that history from uh, the beginning of world you know world 
through it to this to modern day because you have the space shuttle on. Uh, and I have a book on um, Battleship Iowa. Um, I have one on the North. That one, of course, I have not visited, <laughs> but <laughs> have it's again. It's a more international book because. I go into the myth, of course, of Santa Claus. We couldn't leave that out. But I talk about the eight countries that have territory in the, in the art, about their flags, their traditions. Um, I talk a little bit about climate and uh, the North Pole. So it's, it's a very diverse book. There's one on prehistory. Um, book on La Brea tar pits and that goes way back to 40,000 years ago and it's an active excavation so children who visit there will see scientists working and classifying the uh, I have one on Tombstone Arizona uh, and that's a place for children to visit and experience the West so, there just um, there just seems to be such a great um, collection of well-rounded, well-thought-out, well-prepared, and certainly uh, wonderfully, um, you know, wonderful art behind it. Now, um, I, I'd like to know um, where are the outlets for people when they want to to get get a hold of these wonderful books, and what format are they well, in? Well, they're in. Uh, some of them are in Kindle. They're the paperback. Some of them are available in both paperback and hardcover. Uh, they're available. Um, you order them. Uh, you can preview them at my web. The, to preview them is at my website because on my website, uh, introductions to all the books, testimonials and reviews. I have little Miss history guys, but I also have my teaching resources. So on my uh, website, uh, which is www history.com littlemisshistory.com yep can uh, get to my blog and my so uh, if you click on my blog I have of uh, book re I have parenting articles I have advice for my YouTube channel I, I do a weekly then I do a, a two-minute teacher mini lessons that cover all areas not just history I do math I do reading I do science uh, and I just give parents an extra boost I started doing that during COVID and I do that because I think it's fun always to have extra resources for your children I have kids history videos on there uh, travel videos videos about next and so on so i have a wide variety of uh resources so there's again just yeah, there's so much there i mean i've seen this wonderful website myself barbara and just to recap because the video got slightly choppy there for a moment is that you've got a lot of uh extra information you've got all of your books that you can find throughout the little miss history website you've got your blog you've also got merchandise which i thought was fantastic so if anybody wants to get their hands on merchandise certainly go and check out little miss history and and check out the merchandise page along with you've got some really 
really interesting reviews. Um, now, um, with all that being said, is this the only place that they can buy the books? Oh, the books are available in uh, many independent bookstores. They're available online at Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org, IndieBound, uh, even some of the uh, retail stores uh, here in America. They're, uh, they're available worldwide on Amazon, though. Fantastic. So. Yeah, well, look, Barbara, I've <laughs> this has just been a lovely call. I've really enjoyed um, speaking with you, touching um, a little bit about your wonderful background, your experiences through life, and what you're doing for children's education and history is just amazing. Thank you so very much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.